Drinking with the Jackets fans. We are live and back in the saddle again, as they would say. Uh, uh, if you can hear that, that is the crack of a crispy boy. This is uh, JP, and I'm drinking a Kirkland Signature Citra Hop Sessions IPA because I'm about to be a fucking dad. So why not buy a Kirkland beer? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew Kirkland made beer, but I didn't know they made IPAs. It's not that bad. Speaking of which, so Chase, I just said what beer I'm drinking. Chase, what are you drinking? Well, I don't have any beer in the fridge, so I'm drinking a little bourbon tonight for the boys. Oh, acceptable. Okay. 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 It won't and be six s- bourbons, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Six bourbons, please. Please. <laughs> and uh, today we have a special guest. We have Cade. Cade Kuderatis. What's going on, man? What's up? What's up, y'all? Cade Kuderatis. I was going to ask if Josh pronounced that say. correctly. I knew he did. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's Kutsaratis. Um Last name is Greek. Very proud of being Greek. Um, the easiest way to remember how to say it, how to spell it, how to do everything with my last name is break it into three parts. You got Coot, you got Sour, and you got Addis. And if you can remember Coot, Sour, Addis, you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. Coot, Sour, Addis. There you go. That's sweet. Dude, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a little bit of Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA. Oh, Voodoo Ranger! Gotta get them in. Gotta get them in, man. I also I saw you drinking a Bush before we started, though. Bush. Yeah, that was that was a little pregame Bush, um, <laughs> but but now we're getting the main course, and now we're getting the oh, grind time. So we gotta make it. We gotta make it worth it while we're here. Jeez, man, that's uh, that's matching Nasty Nate's uh, pregame uh, pregame pod. So. You're 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 in uh, legendary status if you're pregame of the pod. <laughs> well, cool, man. Appreciate you hopping on and uh, joining us for this latest episode. Uh, so, give us a little a uh, little background about who you are. Uh, I heard you just graduated and what you're about to do. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, my name is Cade Kutsaratis. Uh I've just graduated Georgia Tech this May, a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm originally from a town called Crestview, Florida. Go Bulldogs. I know it's rough to say for, for Georgia <laughs> Tech people. I understand, but hometowns, Bulldogs, college towns, jackets all day long. Don't talk to me about them UGA, Sons of Guns over there in that place we don't talk about. But, uh, but yeah, so Kate Kutzeratis from Crestview, Florida. Uh, played offensive line the past few years at Georgia Tech. Um, just graduated with my uh, my bachelor's in business administration. Um, getting ready to start a full-time job here in the next few weeks. Um, I'll be working in the steel industry, doing operations for a steel company. Um, really excited for it. Nice, man. Congrats. That's awesome. You got out. For sure. It's worth it, man. Didn't you, you graduated pretty quick, right? Yeah, I graduated in three years. I got here uh, fall of 2020, and I just graduated May of 23, so three, yeah. four years. That's awesome. Was, was Harrison your speaker? No, uh, Harrison did the morning, the morning commencement. Uh, I had the, uh, I forget his name, the secretary guy from, from Washington. I, I genuinely don't remember his name. Blinken, Secretary Blinken. Anthony Blinken, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was my, he he did the afternoon commencement and I was in the afternoon, so. Good. Don't look at my Twitter. All right. We'll keep <laughs> I normally try to stay off Twitter as a general rule already. So that's yeah. probably a good thing. 
That's good. I spend too much time on Twitter, but probably shouldn't. Uh, so, so Cade, um, talk a little bit about your recruitment. Obviously, you played offensive line in high school. Did you play both sides of the ball? Did they move you around on the line? Um, what, was, what was that like? And uh, what was Coach Key your recruiter when when you were down there? Um, to answer your first question first, no, I did not play both sides of the ball in high school. Uh, it, apart from twice my freshman year before I was on varsity, and on the freshman team, they just needed big bodies to, like, stop, like, a fourth and one. So I got put in at nose guard <laughs> when we ran, like, like engage eight, freaking full box. Like, just don't let anyone go forward. So my job was basically to block the center as the nose guard. So they put I, me in. Stuff you in a gap, basically. Yeah. <laughs> much. That was my one time playing defense in all of high school. I played both sides of the ball, like, in Little League and middle school and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, high school, I- no. I feel like we've had a lot of guys on that like come from smaller schools and so they they kind of have to play both sides sometimes but um i was yeah, lucky well, enough i was lucky enough in my high school we i mean i'm from a smaller town but like our high school was still like 2000 2200 kids we played oh, six, we played 6a my first three years in florida and 7a my senior year in florida so we were we were playing against pretty tough competition if you know anything about florida high school football yeah like uh yeah. My junior year, we went to the Final Four, which was, like, it was tied for, I think, the second-best season in all of, like, my my high school's history. Um, we had one season in 2002 where they went to the state championship. They ended up losing. But I think we were tied for the second-best uh, second team in, in Crestview High School history, which was pretty cool to be a part of, you know, getting to go down south and play those guys that, you know, like, you really see the true talent that Florida has once you make the Big Ben. I'm from the Panhandle, so we have a much more limited, much more rural kind of population. Um, but once you make that turn down past Gainesville, down past Ocala, the freaking like the talent level just completely changes. And like you get down around like Lakeland, Tampa, Naples, and especially down in Miami, Miami it is yeah. a completely different world, dude. Jeez, where do they play the state championship? They play that in Orlando. They used to always play it at FSU. Um, they played it at Florida State for years. Like when when we went in 2002, the, yeah. the year after I was born, granted, I was not around really paying attention to that, but that was at FSU. But in recent years, they moved it to Orlando. Um, they played it at the Citrus Bowl, I think. Yeah. Um, but now they're changing it. Like depending upon your classification, it's at a different place. So I know people have played uh, in Daytona. People have played in Orlando. There's been one at Tampa. I'm sure there's one probably in Miami as well. It really just depends upon what classification you're in yeah, and who you're playing. Uh, I'm not really sure. It's all promotional too, I'm sure. So whoever pays the most money gets to host the games. I will say the Hooters in Daytona is top notch. Just saying. Big Hooters guy right here. Oh, I know. I know. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, to, uh, to, I guess, finish about high school. Um, yeah, I played I played tackle mostly. Like, my my freshman year, I didn't play much varsity. I got moved up at the end of the year. I mean, I was young. I was hard to believe, I know, but I was small at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, wasn't the most insane force to be reckoned with at 14. But once I, once I grew up a little bit, sophomore year, I started on varsity. At left tackle, junior year started, played the whole year. Like I said, that was our really good year um, on varsity at left tackle. And then my senior year, 
So I always kind of played a year up. All the guys that were good on my high school team my junior year, they were all seniors. I was one of the few juniors that started that year. So I think it was on the entire offense of the starting 11, there were two juniors that started my junior year, and I was mm-hmm. one of them. Maybe there were three. One of them kind of rotated in at wide receiver or running back or something like that. But of the main, like, four starters, I was one of the few guys that actually played. So when I got to my senior year, we had a complete change of of team, you know, demographic. It was freshmen are trying to start, sophomores who had just gotten varsity are trying to start because we just had so much talent at that time in my junior year. So my senior year, I got moved to center at the beginning of the season. I had never played center before in my life. I had no earthly idea what was going on. I didn't know how to snap a ball. And I played ah. center for the first four weeks of my high school career. It was a it was a pretty wild experience. Were they running out of the uh, shotgun, or were you taking it from under center most of the time? We ran mostly shotgun in high school. At my high school, anyways, we ran a lot of RPO, kind of yeah. widespread, get everybody out of there type offense. Um, and I say that to people, and they're like, what, in high school, you ran RPOs? I'm like, yeah. My, my high school coach, uh, Tim Hatton, shout out Coach Hatton, the dog, the homie, um, he – he came from coaching community colleges and was always around like a, a more advanced style of the game. So he brought that to the high school when he got to us. And so we kind of played a more fast paced kind of more advanced spread style. And it was really fun. I loved it. And it definitely helped prepare me for college, but yeah, trying to learn how to snap a ball shotgun was kind of a wild ride when I hadn't done it for three years. So it was, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. I can imagine. Holy smokes. After that fourth game, I got moved to guard, and my life got simplified a lot. But those first four games at center were insane. Hadn't played guard any either. Never played guard before before that either. But the center was the was the crazy part. Of the yeah. So then I guess you senior year you start getting recruited. You know, um, who's your who's your recruiter then? Because you came under Jeffy, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was recruited in Collins's first year. Mm-hmm. So his. My senior year was his first year as the head coach, yeah. And in between my junior season and my senior season, that's when I started to get kind of attention from schools. Got my first offer that January after my junior year. Um, And then in like April, like late March, early April, I started to get attention from Georgia Tech and other Power Fives and that kind of thing. But the the first real Power Five to reach out to me was Tech, and that really stuck with me. Um, my, My recruiter, like for the area was Nate Burton. He was our safeties coach or kind of our DBs coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Love Nate Burton. He was the guy. He was great to me. He was great to my folks. He was great to everybody. No one could say a bad word about Nate Burton. He's actually, I think he's the DC at Kennesaw state now. So he's doing well for himself. Oh, yeah. it, um, he, he's, he's a great dude. He's a great coach. Uh, he's you know, park right by us. Really? On Saturdays. Oh yeah. He parked yeah. his F one fifty. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was he he was a good dude, and he recruited me. Um, Coach Key was involved a lot as well, you know, just because of the position. But he wasn't over my area. Coach Burton was the first person to like reach out to me and all that kind of stuff. So he was the kind of the guy that I made my first relationship with. And then, as just time continued, that's kind of where it ended up. Was just loving Georgia Tech. I got to visit here a couple of times. First time I just came to a spring practice because I was actually leaving. Sorry, if I if I start talking too much, just tell me to shut up. But no, uh, you're good. Keep talking, man. Um, the only thing I'd ask is that uh, we drink 
Another one. So we need to be on drink number dose. Another one. Dose. Or Chase, I don't Chase know. Chase be on drink one and a half, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. What you... <laughs> We're going to do like a whiskey to beer equivalent. Yeah, that kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, so I was actually leaving a visit from a different school, like in the car on the way home, leaving that school. And I got a Twitter DM from Coach Burton. And he was like, hey, I think you should come check us out. I was like, hey, I'll, I'll be there Saturday. So I left on Tuesday from visiting one school. I showed up in Atlanta. My first time ever really in the city on Saturday. Had no idea like where we were. Me and my family were very confused. Never been here. Completely foreign to us. Small town in Florida. Big city in Georgia. Very yeah. different kind of vibe. But uh, yeah, I got here. I met uh, I met Calvin Johnson. Met Megatron on that visit. It's it pretty cool. Got a picture of him. Got a picture with him. Not of him. Wasn't being a creep or nothing like that. I was also in the picture. But that's, that's it, awesome. It, that was pretty cool. And my my best friend in the world, uh, Aaron Schlipp, growing up, he's a diehard Michigan fan diehard Detroit fan every sport you could imagine Detroit that's the guy he is I got to send him a picture of me with his hero yeah. and just kind of rubbing his face a little bit like I, I got to meet him you didn't so that Chase, was what, cool. what, what was your uh, Xbox handle wasn't it like Megatron Calvin, Calvin for Heisman <laughs> Calvin for Heisman <laughs> that, was uh, my, that was my Xbox live back in the day I think I uh, I got to meet him in the tunnel for like half a second one basketball game, and all all I could muster out was, "It's Calvin Johnson." <laughs> <laughs> he's super nice though. He's cool as hell. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a really guy. Good. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he didn't even tell anyone he was coming. I remember, I, I can remember this vividly. If we're sitting in the team room, in the in the football like facilities, stadium area, and the recruits are sitting behind the team, and Coach Collins is talking to everybody, and then he just kind of looks to his right. And we see some guy walk in, and at first it was just some dude wearing like casual gym clothes and just like long pants and a t-shirt. And then everybody was like, everybody kind of started to mutter, and you could hear it like go across the crowd, like, "Oh my gosh, it's Megatron! It's Megatron! What the heck's going on?" <laughs> and Coach Collins was like, "Hey, my guy!" And I was like, "Your guy? You mean our guy? Like that's that's him? That's the dude that we all want to see?" So yeah. it it was pretty cool, pretty surreal, honestly. Because that was actually the first famous person I had ever met, and I know it's athlete famous, so he's not like crazy big celebrity, but that's that's a pretty big deal meeting the top two, arguably top one receiver of all time. So yes, it was pretty cool. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Famer for show. Sure. Sure. No yeah, I mean, I guess Collins was like, uh, wasn't he on the staff in 07? So yeah, he knew him. Yeah, yeah he, he knew him. That makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. I forget that sometimes that Collins was here before he came back as the head coach. And yeah. I play for him. I forget that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. sorry. You, when you're in it, you know, all you're thinking about is what's going on, right? Yeah, man. It's kind of weird, like, just looking back and thinking of all the stuff that you don't I, – I don't remember it until – something happens and it makes me think of something spe crazy specific that happened two years ago at a random time at a random place that has no significance whatsoever to my everyday life. But I'm just like, Oh yeah, that happened too. So you're definitely right. The, 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 the schedule, the, the crazy busy all the time constantly is, is pretty overwhelming at times. 
I remember my first time coming down to Atlanta before I decided I wanted to come. On not on scholarship, just out of my own doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I remember I I flew down. I was coming to uh, connect with Tech. Oh but, yeah, and um, it was I'm the plane's landing, and all I saw I see is "Welcome to Atlanta," home of Def Jam Records, and it's got like. <laughs> Those little guys with the afros, you know, from Def Jam Records, and I was like, "Wow, this place is awesome." <laughs> and then I, I, I stayed with a guy. We played like Call of Duty on one screen, and had, they had NFL Sundown on the other TV. I was like, "This, this is the best place ever." <laughs> but when in Bro reality, Brewer, dude. in reality, it was probably like every college is doing the exact same thing. But I was like, "This is this is the place I got to be." <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so what what was it like? Obviously, Coach Key is running the show now and he was your position coach so what was it like having him as a position coach i imagine he he rode you pretty hard i mean yeah you know In a non-sexual he's... way kids non-sexual right 100 percent non-sexual <laughs> um, yeah no he i love coach key i have absolutely no singular bad word to say about the man he he did a lot for me both on the field off the field um just as a mentor you know as a man to look up to because when you're 18 and you're leaving home and you know you say goodbye to your mom and your dad you you kind of you're on your own a little bit and he kind of helped keep it solid and kind of keep it real and if you did good you know he'd let you know but if you did bad he definitely let you know that too um <laughs> he he was you know he was always supportive he was hard on us kind of like you said but he wasn't hard on us in a ridiculous fashion or way he wasn't unfair you got what you deserved and you got what you earned you know if you if you bust your balls and you do really well He's going to reward you, and if you slack off and you don't do good enough, he's going to let you know, and you're going to get opportunities taken away from you. It's just – it's up to you, you know. You are in charge of your own your own playtime, your own life, your own situation, and, and, and I always respected him for that kind of thing because a lot of coaches will tell you one thing and do something else. A lot of coaches will just lie to you straight to your face and not even give you the time of day in their head, and he was never like that, you know. So I always appreciated him um best offensive mind i've ever been around ever he is a genius when it comes to football he'll be the first to tell you he's not a genius when it comes to engineering <laughs> but <laughs> you know he uh he just like the way that like i said earlier in high school i kind of ran a little bit more of an advanced offense than most high schoolers do and although it helped me prepare for what college brought nothing was even close to what he was able to teach me and the like the just the the small details that you don't think are important are the most important things and that's what changes you from being an okay player to a good player to a great player and the like just the things he was able to to teach us as a whole as an offense as an offensive line specifically it just it completely changed football for me like my Mm. my vision of the game my ideology of the game Everything related to football completely changed once I started playing for him. That's awesome. Dang. Yeah, the key boner is engaged. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything we hear about him, and that sounds about right, and that's kind of what I expected to hear about. Like, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be fair, and I think that's the biggest thing that that we need is like, I mean, yeah, you got you got to push these guys, but at the same time, you got you got to reward them too if they're if they're busting yeah. their ass. And I feel like I feel like from the outside perspective, I feel like he does that. So, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely 
I've definitely gotten cracked a few times by the key whip, you know. I've definitely screwed up. I definitely screwed up when I was there playing for him, and he let me know it. You know, it's 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 pretty glaring when Coach Key starts getting on you. But, like I said, he was always fair. You know, if I did something wrong and he yelled at me, I deserve to get yelled at. So. That's legit. That's legit. Was practice any different, I guess, like from – from uh, before to when he became like took over as head man for you, like on the offensive line, or no, not really, because I mean he was the the constant for you, right? Yeah, it was. It's kind of a weird situation, you know, because yeah. he's he's always with us a hundred percent of the time when he's just the offensive line coach, right? And then he gets promoted, and he's got to like diversify his attention to the offense, the defense, the special teams every part of the offense, every part of the defense, every part of the special teams as equally as he could diversify, you know? So it was, it was different in the sense that he wasn't always around and we relied a lot more on, you know, some of the assistants, our, our grad assistant, uh, Nate Brock, he's, he shouldn't be a grad assistant at all. You know, he should be a full-time coach somewhere because he is an absolute homie. He's an absolute freaking like just, person you want to follow they have different coaching styles you know like coach key like i said a little more a little more strict a little more hard-nosed at times nate's a lot more laid back but they both get their message across in effective ways you know you screw up nate's gonna let you know you screwed up and you're not gonna get to play anymore or as much he's gonna put someone else in ahead of you but you're gonna learn from it because you don't want that person playing ahead um so he stepped up a lot he was great we really kind of rallied around him and followed him. Um, some of the other assistants, you know, they helped out a lot more too once Key took over the head job. And, yeah, that was the biggest difference as far as offensive line goes. Practice as a whole kind of changed. Just some structural things like yeah. we would do different things at the beginning versus different things at the end. We would do um, a few more reps of one thing and a few less – reps of another it was it was different in a structural manner but there wasn't anything majorly different you still got to do offense you still got to do defense and you still got to do special teams so there's only so many differentiations and variations you can do of a football practice and so as a whole it was it was fairly similar but there were a few structural changes like I said a few of the periods were a little longer a few of the periods were a little shorter few of the periods were brand new and never existed before. And a few of the periods were completely gone and never existed again. So right. it was just kind of a difference of the way that they ran things, different ideologies, different beliefs, different pasts. You know, I, d I don't know if I preferred one over the other. They were both hard and, and hard on your mind, hard on your body in different ways. So they were just, you just kind of got to take it as you go. And as an offensive lineman, that's basically your whole job is get punished a lot, punish as many people as you can while you do it and trying to win games so That's well really, spoken that was poetic yeah it looks like so uh brock is the tight ends coach now right yeah i think so um i was a lot less involved um this spring because i had um i i announced my retirement in person uh because i still had years of eligibility left yeah but decided to go the route of graduation and jobs and all that kind of stuff um yeah. So I was a little less involved, but 
I mean, I still talk to the guys on a regular basis. Me and the boys are still in group chats. Me and the boys still talk about football 24-7. So um, definitely still around the game, definitely still supporting the guys. But, yeah, I think he's taken over as tight ends guy, and Coach Jeep Wade is the new offensive line coach. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the limited time that I knew Wade, he was a good dude. Had a little bit different way to approach things, but the message was still the same. Get your second step in the ground, freaking move people off the ball, and 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 make people you know fear you as an offensive unit. So it was it was different, like I said, kind of different, you know, just depending upon where they're from and what they use, what they're used to, what they do. But you know, he's a good dude. Say different, but same same. Yeah, same same, but different. <laughs> same same, but different. Yeah. No, that's legit. Yeah. So what was your typical summer like? Um, you know, you're preparing for a season. Um, were you were you taking I'm assuming you're taking class if you graduated in three years? Um, but what what was that like? Yeah, I only took one class a summer, both my summers here. Yeah. The, the way I graduated in three years was I took a lot of uh dual enrollment classes in high school. So I came in with a lot of credits. I basically started as a school sophomore and a mm and a like football freshman and then I had a second freshman year then I had a freaking third freshman year um because like the way the whole like I came in at during the COVID year so oh, it, was just, shit, it, was a, yeah. it was a different setup so everybody got that free year so my freshman year didn't count my sophomore year I was a true freshman and this past season I was a redshirt freshman so I technically had three freshman football seasons and graduated at the end of the third one. That's ridiculous. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was a. I, I like. I like to tell people they're like, oh, so what? Are you a, are you a freshman and a sophomore? Like, what are you? I was like, oh, I'm a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, and a senior all at the same time. Because I was in my freshman year of football. I was in my second year of. Oh, I was a redshirt freshman, so I was technically a sophomore. I was in my third year of college, so I was a junior, but I was graduating, so I was a senior. I was all four at the same time. It was pretty cool. What was that COVID COVID year like? I mean, I imagine it was pretty weird. You're like in the gym working out with masks and stuff. Dude, it was like I was I was telling Chase earlier, Josh, before you got here. Um, like my senior year of high school is when COVID hit. So my second semester, I played baseball in high school too. So I lost baseball season. I lost prom. I lost. Oh, uh, you lost prom? Senior trip. I lost everything, dude. It That's was nuts. wild. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, high key. It was like awful, but you know, it was it was a crazy, just world changing experience. And getting here, like amongst all the like the peak of the craziness, like I was getting COVID tested three times a week. I was everywhere I had to go was masks. There were no in person classes my freshman year, at least my first semester there weren't. It was so weird, dude. Like, I didn't meet people. The only people I knew were the football players and yeah. the people associated with them. I didn't, I didn't make friends for six months. Like, I didn't, <laughs> that's I didn't messed up, one. dude. And, I mean, and that's not a knock on the football team in any way. No yeah. one was allowed to associate. Like, the whole city was shut down. You couldn't go, couldn't go out to eat with your friends. Everything had to be ordered online, pick up and go back home. Had to get it delivered, whatever the case may have been. It was a freaking wild time, dude. Speaking of wild times, we're on beer number three, baby. Like that. Another one. Yeah, another one. This is on uh, sip number four of his bourbon. 
shots fired, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How many yeah, fingers I, is that, dude? I, I love bourbon. I'm not knocking him. I was just saying, you know, it's a different. It's like we said, you know, I got to do the calculations, find yeah. out the difference. I, it's good bourbon, though. It's good bourbon. I believe it. Got I believe it. it. What, what type of bourbon is it? Jefferson's Ocean. Oh. Oh, yeah. I had some Jefferson's Reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. I think one, one, one of these podcasts, I did start off with beer and then switch to whiskey, and then by the end, I was, <laughs> I was gone. It was not good. But okay, we're neither, we're neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> um, right. yeah. So back to back to yeah. summers, I guess. Yeah. Um, summer was kind of pretty straightforward. You know what you'd imagine. I took one class. Some people took more than that if they had to or if they wanted to. Um, each summer was kind of different. My first summer. It was mainly just focused on football, getting my classes done. I had to take CS over that first summer, and it was an oh, absolute nightmare. Bump that. Um, yeah. If, if you go to Tech and you know what 1315 is in CS, you know how much I suffered. Um, oh, at least it oh, wasn't I, 1371. 1371, yeah. Matt Labs. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I didn't get that far. I took my one required for business majors, and I was done. But, uh, yeah, so the summer was pretty normal. You, you work out. The workouts are hard. Um we started that first summer with something called the program. It was uh, basically this, these people who are ex-military would come and, you know, it was kind of like a team building thing, a bond process thing. It, it was, it was good. And a lot of good memories come from it. A lot of awful memories come from it just because of how much they freaking beat us into the dirt. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was good. We, uh, our specific year was building, not even building. I don't know why I said building. We had to blow up like, like boats, like a lifeboat you'd think of, basically like a freaking Navy SEAL. Got to go in on a water mission. You got to blow it up with these like foot, like pressure air pumps in a certain amount of time. Row out to a cone at a lake, turn back around and come back. And I know you're thinking, hey, what does this have to do with football? It has everything to do with trusting your teammates and trusting the people around you. And yeah. that's the main reason we had, we did it. And, and it was effective. You know, I, I made bonds with the people that were on my, my boat team that would never have been made if I hadn't gone through that with them. So as much as it sucked and as weird as it kind of is to hear about, it was a good program and I enjoyed it to a certain extent. The rest of it sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that What you said reminds me, I don't know if you know this, but Georgia Tech. Yeah. Back in like the 60s and probably before that maybe a little after that yeah um every georgia tech student not athlete every student had to take this class and you my papa went to georgia tech so he told me the story and he said you're in a body of water and they had like letters written at the bottom of the pool and you had to be able to swim down and read the letters off and to be able to see the letters he said you had to like blow bubbles into your eyes so you could see what was on there i'm like that's crazy can you imagine like them doing that in today's world it's just they, they would never it's get away with that <laughs> i don't want to imagine it yeah i mean it's just crazy but that 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 story kind of reminds me of that in a way but in that situation there's no team building whatsoever <laughs> right it's just suffering <laughs> but <laughs> just just speaks to the the, just survival instincts at yeah, that point. The, the terror that tech puts you through. 
man, that's just the beginning. The physical stuff is the easy stuff, man. It's not freaking mental stuff they put you through that tears you to pieces. Uh, yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, just workouts, practices, you can't really practice practice over the summer. It's against NCAA rules. They've kind of changed that as time's gone on. You can do some practices hey, yeah, with football. Right. I don't know all the rules. I just know it changed from my first summer to my second. Um, weird to think I only had two summers, but it was like just kind of working out and, you know, trying to get as strong as you can, get as, as good of a physical can you could because you knew fall camp was coming and you knew you were going to hate your life and you knew that the season was happening yeah. right after that. So it was, I mean, it was intense. It was violent. It was, it was, it was aggressive and it was calming all at the same time because as soon as, you know, the, the torture was over and you were done with your two, three hour workout, whatever the case may have been, your freaking hour and a half run that you just couldn't like stand afterwards. <laughs> once you were done, um, you were able to just kind of go home, hang out with the boys, you know, shoot the shit, do whatever you wanted to do. And it, so it, it was, it was great and terrible. It was awesome and horrible. It was everything all at once and it was worth it, I guess. Nice. My second summer was a lot different because I worked at an internship. So it was just a complete different dynamic. Um, my life was wake up at like 5 a.m. I'd go work out before the team, before they had to work out. And then I'd go to work. I'd work eight, eight and a half hours. I'd come back home. I'd crash. I'd wake up. I'd do it all over again for 10 weeks. So Jeez. very different dynamic. Absolutely loved the internship. I'm actually working for the same company I interned for, um, which, you know, I, I wouldn't be going back if I didn't like it. But it was a it was a freaking it was a time to be alive when I was going through that, dude. It was intense. It, I didn't get any sleep, but I got enough sleep to survive. It was crazy. But second summer, second summer was intense. Uh, first summer was fun. Got to take the good with the bad. So, yeah. Dude, I went to my cousin's graduation at Clemson, and we were like, went running the next day on the levee, and they were already doing. It was like ten of them doing wind sprints up the levee, dude. It was nuts. I was like, geez, didn't even get a day off. <laughs> no days off. Dabo was throwing them boys up those hills already, dude. I was like, geez, Louise. Dabo, dude, what a guy. What a what a character. Yeah, I heard he's got a I heard he's got a teeny weeny anyway. Dabo Sweeney and his teeny weeny. That wasn't me. I didn't say that. Ladies and gentlemen, that was not me. <laughs> all right. So you've talked about tech in a loving way. We love it, man. We're all we're all GT here. What's your favorite GT memory and then your worst GT memory? Favorite football or favorite GT memory as a whole? Let's do both. I like that. I like that. Favorite GT memory. I know you're probably thinking, oh, graduating and getting out. No, screw that. No, no, no. Screw that. Favorite GT memory? Man, probably just like the day after an exam or the day like like the day before spring break where like you're done with your like midterm exams or something like that and you have nothing to do and absolutely everything to do at the same time like you, you got no responsibilities and you got 100% of what you want to do that those were my favorite times those were my favorite days even during covid was oh i i could just 
lay in bed all day and not do a singular thing for the entirety of the day sounds good enough to me my favorite days at tech were the days that i had nothing to do for georgia tech respectfully love the place glad i came here peace love all that i am so glad that i'm done <laughs> yeah um favorite football memory is a completely different question now favorite football memory I mean, the, the, the big wins were always fun. Like, beating North Carolina was fun. Um, we beat them twice. We Thanks. did beat them twice. Yeah. Both, both of them were fun. Beating Sam Howell and Mercedes-Benz was a good time. I definitely enjoyed that. Definitely. Uh, yeah. That was, man, that was a crazy game. <laughs> that was an awesome that, game. That was, like, that was like my first crazy game. Like, we had a few more after that, and we did have a few more before that. But, dude. That game was like, oh shit! <laughs> like, what's what's going on? Like, who are these people that go to what? What school is it called? Georgia, Georgia Tech. There's yeah. a tech school in in the state of Georgia. Man, that was that was a nutty game because that was I think that was our first ranked win with me here. I don't yeah. think we had a ranked win before that, and it was it was yeah. an unreal environment. It was my first game at Mercedes Benz ever, whether I was a fan or a player. It was my first time in the stadium, so that was an awesome experience. Um, and so it was, it was, it was incredible and and just oh, kind of overwhelming to be honest, dude. Like so, so much was going on at once, and like I said, the game was freaking intense. We ended up beating the crap out of them that year, but like <laughs> that first half, dude, that first half was something to freaking watch because that was that was when Yates started, right? Yeah, because Jeff had gotten hurt, I think, right in, right in the game before it. So Yates started, and you know we had kind of been on a roll. No, Jeff got hurt in the in the in the. Oh, who were they? NIU game. We played NIU that year. Jeff got hurt in the NIU game. Jordan started, and I think played the entirety of the Kennesaw State game, yep. and then started the the UNC game. Yeah, and then he came. Yeah, he came in like the second quarter. Yeah, just like then it just, just, it just we just away. ran all over. It was just yeah. it was just QB read like the whole game, and he ran for yeah. like eight hundred yards. It was nuts. Um, yes, yeah, so I mean that was a crazy game. Beating beating them again at Chapel Hill that was a pretty cool game too. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. Ruining Drake May's like Heisman a, a chances. Oh yeah, that, that was a great feeling. All respect to him. Don't know him personally. You know, wish him good fortune in the future, except when he plays us. But. Man, that was a crazy game, dude. Wine and cheese. That's what UNC thinks they are. Wine and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I blacked gonna, out next to I'm Billy Ward's family. Too much hate. I'm gonna keep off too much hate to them because you know they try. They they do the same things I did. You know, just try to win, try to build a team. But I'm not <laughs> gonna be up. I'm not gonna be upset when they lose four in a row to end the season and freaking <laughs> screw up their advisement and bowl chances. Oh yeah. yeah, that was beautiful. I promise that won't make me sad. Yeah, I I mean I hate to say it, Caleb Downs dropping that pass. I was just like, man, don't hate it, <laughs> don't hate hey, it. Dude. Not mad, not upset. Not mad. Yeah, oh, man, great. I forgot it came down to that freaking pass. Yeah, dude, especially because so we were supposed to, he like we thought we were we gonna get coverage. him. We screwed coverage. Oh yeah, no, yeah, totally blew it. And like, we thought our I think our safety came down and like red run, and it was a pass, and he just turned and dropped the ball. And everyone just went nuts. It was like he oh. actually dropped because he was. A, I mean, he was what a top 
three receiver in college football last year. Yeah. And he dropped the game winning pass. That was nuts, dude. Out of Walton High School. I know we were supposed to like it was like between us and uh UNC for him, you know. Recruiting. Yeah, that made made it even better. Yeah. Oh, he I don't oh, know he went to Walton. My he's boy, a baller, uh, dude. My boy Ryan Purves went to Walton. Shout out Ryan Purves. Shout out Ryan. There are free shout outs here, so we're not busting with the boys level yet. Uh so what's your worst worst GT memory and then worst football memory? Worst GT memory. <laughs> worst GT memory probably failing my first exam. <laughs> Uh, just like I, mean, I never dude, like I, I'm not I'm not really a bragger I don't really I don't like boast too much but I graduated second in my class in high school I was a salutatorian gave a speech the whole deal I was I was pretty I was pretty good at school I get here and my first semester I absolutely blow an exam and I was like oh so that's what George Tech's like yep um, yeah you learn pretty fast and so I didn't feel learning fast Hope you're drinking fast. I'm drinking (laughs) another one. Another one. But uh, I didn't fail this exam, but this is an interesting memory and a story that I like to tell people. So my freshman year, I traveled to one singular away game, and it was the NC State game. We ended up losing, I think, 21 to 10. But uh, that was my that was my first time traveling, first time really being a part of the team. It was like making varsity. I was I was so excited, but I was in the middle of an econ exam, the like the night Thursday night, because the travel team had to take the COVID tests and all that stuff on Friday morning. Yeah, and yeah. I, I had ne- I had never been through the process before, so I get a text from Coach Key saying, "Hey, Cade." Need you to test with the with the travel team tomorrow. You're traveling with us to North to North Carolina State. And I was like, awesome, dude, that's great. I was in the middle of an econ exam, and all I could think about following that text was traveling to NC State and had nothing to do with econ. Every bit of econ left my brain. <laughs> I ended up making like a C on the exam, which was like I passed. It was fine. It was the last exam. I dropped from a 91 to an 89 after that. And got a B in the class. Got an eighty-nine point like two, all because I got the news I was traveling. So I don't blame Coach Key. I'm very appreciative for the opportunity to travel that year. But holy crap, I couldn't think of anything else. It was just, oh, I get to be a part of the team. Econ, what's econ? Who's econ? Who's she? Never heard of her. It's worth it. Never heard of her. T- totally worth it, dude. <laughs> you got a job, the GPA goes away. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. You're on the fast track. You're good, man. What's a GPA? Who's GPA? Never met him. Don't care. Didn't ask. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, what what was your favorite stadium? You said you went to NC State. What what, what was your best uh, away game experience? Yeah, at least coolest. Man, best and coolest are two different things. Because the coolest, they kind of coincide. I have two answers for the coolest because I can't pick between them. The coolest college football stadium I ever got to visit, hands down, bar none, was Notre Dame. That was a rough game. I don't like talking about it. I don't oh, it's the 45 think... to nothing. Yeah, one. that was that was oh, bad. Oh. It was 55 to nothing. Yeah. I hate to say it. I was on the sideline. I know how bad it hurt. 45 was but... Georgia the next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just remember we lost 90 to nothing. 100 to nothing. Yeah, 100 to nothing in back to back weeks. Uh, anyway, moving the coolest... on. The coolest stadium 
college football, 100%. The place, beautiful. The stadium, electric. It was incredible. The score sucked. The game sucked. Hated it. Every bit of it. But coolest stadium, coolest experience. I mean, being at Notre Dame, like, that's a pretty freaking cool place to be, dude. Like, as much, like I said, as much as the game sucked, man, was that a cool place to play at. You know, Bon Jovi was there. They, like, gave him a special announcement in the middle of the day. Freaking John Bon Jovi walked out on the freaking, on the catwalk and got to wave to the fans. And I, I I secretly kind of waved behind him. (laughs) And so I was like, (laughs) Bon Jovi, dude. Respect to the dude, but. Yeah, so College Stadium, Notre Dame, like, kicked ass. My other favorite stadium I got to visit was, I hate calling it this, but Acrisure Stadium or whatever it's called in Pittsburgh, the Steelers Stadium. Oh, Steelers, okay. I was yeah. telling I was telling Chase earlier. I feel. I, I'm a, my dad's from Pittsburgh. I'm a diehard Steelers fan, have been since I was a small child. And so getting to play in – Heinz Field, Forever Heinz, all that good stuff. Getting to play on that field, getting to be there, getting to experience it with like three, like the three rivers coming together right next to you. It was like, it was quite literally a childhood dream. Like that was, I always dreamed, oh, I'm going to play for the Steelers. I ended up not playing for the Steelers, but I got to play on their field anyway. So it was pretty, it was a pretty surreal, pretty awesome experience. And now you work at a steel company. Hey. Got to work in steel. My grandfather worked in his for uh, at the steel mills in Pittsburgh when, when uh, like in the after World War II, he fought in World War II. After that, he worked in the steel mills. Um, so steel, steel's in the blood. You know, proud to be in the steel industry. But yeah, playing in the Steelers Stadium was absolutely a freaking just different experience. It was a dream come true. And I remember, I remember like like pre kind of pre pre game when like you're just allowed to kind of walk the field and do your own thing. I'm walking around and I, I took a few pictures, took a few videos, like, hey, yo, I'm out here, I'm on the field. Um, but yeah, that was that was an absolutely just mind-blowing childhood dream lived. And then we won. We beat yeah, about to say another top twenty-five pit, so, win. So so another top twenty-five win cracks the cracks the best experiences list. So that was good. Um worst stadium to play in. Yes, Give a couple, me. a couple of them were kind of crappy. A couple of them were shittles for sure. Like I hate FSU in oh. every shape or form. Doe Campbell, not the worst stadium though. Hate FSU. Don't love their stadium. Their stadium's not great. Um, don't love it. Worst stadium, bar none, by far, without doubt, is UCF. UCF was a glorified high school stadium with metal bleachers all around. It wasn't like it. We weren't playing college football. There was a couple thousand people there, sure, whatever. It wasn't college football, dude. It was freaking high school stadium with high school people. House. It was awful. They. It was. I mean, it make it just makes the setting rough. Like when you think of a high school football game when you're in the stands, what do you hear? You hear the clank of the metal bleachers when you walk down the stairs to go get a soda and a hot dog from the concession stand. You heard the same thing at UCF, and I just don't understand how a team who was a national champion in 2017 or whatever year that was, you can't upgrade your stadium, dog? Like, come on. So, Good. Hot, worst, all right. worst stadium by far, yeah. You can edit this out and ask you. Coach Key is the head man at that game. So a week before he took over, do you think the Jackets – Come home with a W over the Gus bus. 
I don't know. I really don't know. Um, you know, I'm I have very few things, very few bad things to say about Coach Collins. I thought he was a great dude. I thought he really cared about the people that he played that played for him and that worked for him and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I respected him as a man a lot. You know, we didn't get the job done on the field or in the in the coaching office as as well as we would have liked to. But yeah. you know, I respected him, and I have nothing but you know respect and love for him now that he's no longer my head coach. Um, it was a crappy situation, dude. Like we we made so many mistakes. Mistakes, I know, dude. We couldn't score in the red zone. We couldn't score. We couldn't. We couldn't score. We 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 had turnovers in the red zone. We couldn't kick a field goal. It's not on Gavin Stewart. It's just we we struggled kicking field goals. It was a windy day. I remember it. It was windy day. The like I said, the stadium's not great. It was very influenced by the weather and the conditions you're playing in. It was just an all around kind of crappy situation. Our defense struggled at times, especially early with discipline. And I didn't play defense, but. You know, I, I have eyes and I can see, you know, we, we just struggled so much mentally that game. And there were so many things we couldn't get over. I don't know how much a head coaching change would have made a difference. Maybe, maybe, maybe something different would have helped. Maybe something different wouldn't have. I have absolutely no idea. All I know is we made so many mistakes that game. As much as we should have won, we didn't deserve to because we just beat ourselves from start to start. We lost the turnover battle. That's true. It was a tight one, though. Man, we had 450 total yards. Right. And like, and like 13 points. Like, how do you expect to win a game when you can't score? And I played offense. It was awful. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to cut that out. That's just my genuine opinion, you know. Yeah, we'll leave it in. Whatever, man. Man, it was just – it was a crappy situation, a crappy game to be a part of, dude, because we – we knew we were going to win. We walked in knowing, man, we're better than this team in every faction of the game. Yeah. We were better than them. And we couldn't get it done. We just couldn't get it done. And that that hurts more than anything else. It's like when you play a team like a like a 2020 Clemson or a 2021-2022 Georgia that wins yeah. a national championship, you lose that game, yeah, it sucks. But, man, they're just a good team. They're a, they're a great team. It's hard to right. – like. Another worst memory by far is losing to Clemson by seventy-three to seven. I hate bringing that up too. Oh, jeez, that one, that one sucked. So yeah, that was personal for Dabo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he, had the, he had the punter throwing. Dude, that, that was insane. By the way, that the punter came back up. Punter came in and started dotting us up. Yeah, I've never, uh... been, I've never been more demoralized. Oh as man, human. my wife went to Clemson, so she was with me, and uh... that was during covid times and we had masks on and i was like just get me out of here man that was i think I, we we left at halftime uh, but uh, uh <laughs> it did bring us to this question this is a, this is a this is a the pod wants to know it, we we ended up leaving and going to cyprus pint and play okay uh, i've been so. there a time or two as y'all know right that's the rumor at least that's what nick penley said Man, he, shout uh, out Nick Fenley because he knows he what's a, up about Cypress Street Titan Plate, baby. He's a homie for sure. So we talked to him. The rumor is you're a big, you're a big chicken parm sandwich guy. Massive chicken parm chicken. sandwich, pickleback, or the buff chicken sandwich. What are you going every time and why? We need we need that breakdown. This is the this is the real in game analysis we need. I gotta be honest with you, fellas. I've never had the buffalo chicken sandwich. I've never had it. 
Oh. I've never had it. Oh, and I've never had it because the chicken parm sandwich is so life-altering that I couldn't not order it. Yeah, I've gotten the pickleback before. And don't get me wrong, great burger. Great burger. Quality burger. Can't complain about it. But every time I order a pickleback or something that's not the chicken farm, I'm like, why didn't I order the chicken farm? I just screwed myself out of a more like a better meal. So uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in I'm in the same boat, except I've never had anything except the buffalo chicken. Hey, just, and I res- and I respect it, dog. Dude, it, it it's like I'm a big buffalo chicken fan oh, in yeah. general. Oh yeah, and it's the best I've ever had, bar none. It's so Dude, good. The sandwich I've ever had. It's so good. So. Yeah. Next I'll time make I go, a promise next... to you guys right now. Next time I arrive and put my ass in a seat at Cypress Street Pint and Plate, the buffalo chicken sandwich is getting ordered. Yeah. And I'll let and I'll let you know. I'll let the world know if it's Ooh. as good or not as good as the chicken farm. Because you got, you got to. Because yeah. apparently this is the test. Apparently, this is the real test of are you a Cypress guy or are you not a Cypress guy? Is chicken farm versus buffalo chicken. I'll I'll do the same. I need to give the chicken parmer tra- a chance. I've yeah. never done it, so you know, I'll I'll willing. I'll what what drink do you get at least? We can all agree on this, probably. You get it's the house IPA. IPA. It's house IPA. It's, house IPA. Okay. it's got right. Yeah, three, you're a Cypress guy. Three bucks, dude. What? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was not even a question. Hey, you gotta ask it though. And if anyone ever answers without that answer, I I, I suggest you stop talking to them. If it's a relative, you kind of cut ties. If yeah, it's I mean, a wife, if it's a spouse, a wife, a husband, whatever the case may be. I'm not saying divorce them. I'm not saying that, but take your marital vows into serious consideration because wow. Yeah. You, you didn't marry the person you thought you did. The Buffalo Chicken, it's like the perfect level of spicy. And then the house IPA just kind of cools you down a little bit. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Now I will say. The thing to me that's I've had other chicken farm sandwiches and I'm an offensive lineman guys. I've eaten some damn good food. I've never been afraid of eating some damn good food. The thing that separates Cypress's chicken farm is the pesto like sauce they put on it on top of the mozzarella and, and marinara. Like it kind of just gives you that extra little bit of difference edge mm. completely gives you a complete different taste something to to elevate your pe- like palate experience it makes it's a game changer Ooh. the ciabatta bread's great chicken's always juicy always fried to perfection but that pesto sauce dude it's it's a game changer for sure gotcha dude that's that's what we wanted to hear we want to get the hot topic this is the controversy we wanted in the podcast chicken parm or buff chicken sandwich uh that also brings us in to another burning question you know a lot of our listeners they're 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 bringing in they're understanding the new game some of the new you know ncaa rules everything like that we have nil now so you know a thing about buffalo buffalo chicken the word on the street is you know a little bit about hooters a little bit about chicken breasts give us a scoop on your nil deal your little commercial how much chicken you've eaten and yeah just give us the lowdown yeah, I've I've dibble dabbled in a little bit of Hooters in my in my past couple of months as a Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. Are you talking about the co-eds? Are you talking about the food? Like we gotta uh, answer that. I plead the fifth. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, dude, the the Hooters NIL thing that was freaking awesome, dog. Like 
talk about talk about life changing. That was a freaking experience for the ages. Was getting to be like we got to go to Hooters and be like, dude, we did commercials, we did promotional ads, we did all this different stuff, and we got not only did we get paid for it, we got free food too. And doing offensive linemen, you care about the food more than you care about the money. Cash is oh, cash. Yeah. I'll get money at some point anyways. You give me free food. You're talking my language, Doc. So so we got to go. They hit us all up on Instagram, actually. And, yeah. like, I got – I have receipts. I have actual Instagram DM receipts that Hooters verified, blue checkmark, DM'd me to be a part of this NIL deal. And it is by far my biggest flex of anything I've ever done in my entire life. Absolutely. Hooters hit me up. I didn't go like, hey, Hooters, can I do something for you? They were like, can you do this for us? And it was it was so cool, dude. I, I Still to this day, there were only like eight of us that did the deal. The other like 13 offensive linemen that didn't do it, mind blown, mind blown. No idea what they had going on. Like, why would you, why would you not do this? Wait, they, they declined it? The, every single person that had an Instagram that Hooters apparently knew about got yeah. a DM. It wasn't limited to verified people, and it wasn't limited to, to starters because I wasn't a starter, and I wasn't verified, and I still got the DM. But, like, everyone got hit up about it. And I actually didn't know. I didn't see it because, like, it goes to your kind of spam DM area. Yeah, you have to, like, accept them or whatever, right? Yeah, I got to accept yeah. them. My boy Joe Fusel, shout out Joe Fusel. Oh, Mighty Joe Young, dude. Dude, love me some Joe Fusel. He's a good guy. Yeah. He goes, hey, Kate, are you going to do that Hooters thing? I was like, what Hooters thing are you talking about, dog? Like, Hooters? What? I haven't been to Hooters since I was eight. Like, what are you talking about? And he goes, the Hooters NIL thing, they dim- they DM'd us on Instagram. I was like, they did what? They did what? I go, I check my Instagram right there in front of them. And I, I replied in front of them, too. I was like, yes, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, do- <laughs> I'll sell my soul for some free chicken wings, dog. It was awesome and he was one of the guys that's just like man you know i decided not to do it i'm like why why would you not do it what i I don't get it i'll never understand i'll never understand yeah it was it was me and like seven other guys that did it and it was so cool they they brought us out to like the the hooters at the mall of georgia up in buford and we like they flew out like their two top hooters girls like for them from their calendars and everything yes Dude, we did like this whole like promotional photo. Sh- we did photo shoots. We did commercials. We did we, we did videos. Everything you could imagine. It was awesome. Top tier experience. Hooters was great. And although they did pay me to say that, I mean it with every bit of my being. Hooters top tier would love to work for them again if they ever offered a steel worker an NIL deal for some reason. Would love to be back. <laughs> Hooters, if you're listening to this. Let me know. You know, I'll come back, do whatever you need. But, uh, Hot take. I do believe they may be filing bankruptcy soon. So that's that's sad news. I'll keep them in business. I promise. I'll yeah, do whatever. I'm with business. you. I'm with you. Curly fries and breaded chicken wings. Say less. Freaking curly fries. Tech Twisted Texas melt. 10-piece Daytona wing unmatched order that is that is is what you do and if you're feeling too spicy or if you just weigh over 300 pounds like i do 
you add an extra patty to the twisted Texas melt. So you get a triple burger, you oh, get God, 10 wings, God. and you get the curly fries. Unreal good. experience. Did you get free beer? Just a random question. No, they sure. didn't. Oh, I think, yeah, you think Nick said they didn't. Yeah, so unfortunately, because of NCAA ruling, we are not allowed to promote any alcohol distributors, tobacco distributors, or anything like that. And they're not allowed to promote us. Like, even NCAA commercials don't promote alcohol. Only NFL and professionals are allowed to do that. Yeah. As amateur athletes, you're not allowed to promote, like, limited or um, government kind of regulated substances like that, which is why Dr. Pepper and Coke and all those types of things are such huge things for college football. Yeah. Because alcohol is not allowed to be promoted by the NCAA or the participators in NCAA sports. Gotcha. So didn't get free beer, got a ton of free food. I was also under 20, like, or I was under 21. I was 20 when the deal started. So yeah. I couldn't have gotten beer anyways, which sucked. <laughs> um, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I have a, I don't have my wallet on. That's what I do. I have a card that says Hooters VIP on it with my name. Is there an expiration date on that? There is. I, it, it doesn't work anymore. Oh, but, but it's all right. But yeah, for six months it did, and my name is on. I'm framing this, by the way. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you can. I don't know if you can read it, but it's in the in this corner right here. Georgia it says Patriots Atlantis, Georgia Tech. VIP. 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 I'm gonna put that on my gravestone, like my tombstone. <laughs> here, li here lies. Here lies Patriots Atlantis Hooters VIP. That's going in the gravestone. That's awesome. Yeah. Nah, it was it was it was so cool, dude. We got to do like I said, the all the pictures and the videos and all that fun stuff. I got to post it on Instagram. All my friends were like, "Yo, is this for real?" I was like, "Yeah, it's for real, dude." Um, but you know, the screw all that. The free food was better part. It was awesome. Yeah. Nothing like some good good chicken. Uh, so it's so okay. I know. Um, obviously you're heading off into the real world, but the rest of us, but. Based on what you've seen with the guys and what you're hearing through the through the grapevine, give us give us some prediction for for this season. You don't have to give us a a number. A number would be nice, but you don't have to give us a number. But how do you think the team's going to do this year? I think the biggest thing we want to know, and Tech fans really want to see, is are we going to get to a bowl game? Yeah, I 100% think bowl games are the future, and obviously <laughs> we're all biased. We're all biased, but the boys not only are better than we used to be. I mean, that only happens as time goes on, but I think we're more disciplined. I think we've got, we've gotten not only more disciplined, like in physically increased our game, like just stronger, faster kind of thing, but we're smarter. I think that the sophistication behind a lot of the new hires and the coaching staff, I think that changes a lot of things too. Again, I wasn't around for a lot of that. I wasn't around for a ton of the implementations and, and the and the, the playbook changes. But if you watch the spring game, there were some things that we were doing that we've never done before, and we were doing them effectively. I was at the spring game. I got to go um, as a fan for the first time, which was a pretty wild experience, was – I've always been a player. I've always been on the sidelines. That was my first real experience of being like a like a fan at a Georgia Tech game. 
And I, I just watched the boys do some different stuff, dude. Just do some different, different things that we weren't smart enough as a team to do a year or two ago. Ooh. We we couldn't like physically we're in a better place than we've ever been, but as a as a f- full understanding of the sport, I think we're as close to the peak as we can get. Because a lot of the new hires, and especially under the new leadership, we're, we're at a point where people can no longer outplan us, they can't outprepare us, and they can't outgame us. They're going to have to try to outphysical us. And like I said, we're at a point physically where I don't know if that's possible anymore either. So there's going to be a learning curve. We're going to have struggles at times, I'm sure, just like everyone does all the time. But I really think the boys are in a good spot. I really think that the coaching staff setting them up for something good. I actually saw something on Twitter yesterday about like Georgia Tech's schedule and where people think like people are making like record predictions. There's a couple of games that people aren't giving us a chance in that they just don't understand how close we really are to making that difference level in play. Like everyone watched the Virginia game last year. Who was the, who was the better team in that game? Oh, oh we God. were. How far? It, it, was it, wasn't, Shit. it wasn't even close. Right. And we we struggled a lot. We had time off. And I genuinely think that hurt us more than it helped us. Because everyone kind of gets off of their game once you got a little time off. You think, oh, you get time to rest a little more. And yeah, that's great and all. But you kind of you kind of take yourself away from the game and you need to be in the game when you're in the game, if that makes any sense. Um so I really, I really think the boys are in a good spot. Like I saw a lot of projections that were saying we're losing to Louisville, we're losing to, we're losing to UVA, uh-huh. we're lose to all that shit. I don't know if anybody watched the Louisville game from two years ago, three years ago when I was a freshman, but that shit wasn't close, and they haven't gotten any better. So, yeah, that's just, I think that's we need my... to we need to come out with a no, with a strong really. showing in that in that first game. I because I feel like. They're kind of at a crossroads too right now, where they they need to show up for their coach. And yeah, is, yeah uh, I just don't know. I just don't see anything good about them. I don't they, know. They, I think there's an eight and a half point favor right now, which a lot of people are like. But why? Like yeah, three point five, I, I can see. I don't get that. I don't yeah. get that at all. Even three and a half is a little bit of a stretch. I'd put it at one and a half, maybe two and a half, like max, because. Oh. Genuinely, what have they done in the past two years that has proven they're so much better than we are? Nothing. And I, I, I don't think there's anything to, to support that. I mean, yeah. we beat teams that were plus 21-point favorites against us this past season. Yeah. And, I mean, sure, those are upsets and they're flukes and everything, but we beat UNC two years in a row when we were down, like, 17 to 21-and-a-half-point favorites. And we beat them twice. We beat Pittsburgh down at least 14-and-a-half-point favorites. Like, We've we have the ability to win. We just have to have the confidence to go out and do it on a regular basis. Mm. And I think that's that's the biggest thing going into next year is by the end of last season, we showed that we were capable of doing it. You know, we yeah, we had a fluke against UVA and that kept us out of a bowl game consideration. And that sucked. That hurt really bad because everyone on that sideline wanted to go to a bowl game, me included. But we beat the up-and-coming Duke, who was supposed to be the new boy, the hot boy in the ACC. We beat Duke. 
we, in all fairness, kept Clemson pretty close until the end of the game where we had our second yeah. punt block. And that, and that sucked. That really hurt us. That really shifted the tides. When you solidify a lot of those smaller points, like the special teams and the not turning the ball over so much on offense, it really open up, really opens up the possibilities of being able to advance your play on a game-to-game, play-to-play, day-to-day basis. So I really think that it's possible for a bowl game. I don't know what our record's going to be. I'd love to say we'll be 12-0, go to a bowl game, get 13, go to a semifinal, get 14, and go to a national and get 15. Is that going to happen? I can't tell you. But what I do I'll, think is going to happen. I'll tell you, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can dream. But, yeah. you know, what I can tell you is going to happen is you're going to see a group of dudes that are hungry to win for maybe the first time in the past five years. Because for a long time, we didn't know how to win. We didn't know what we were doing. And that wasn't a blame on anyone specifically. It was just we'd never been in the position to where winning was possible. And we're finally at that point to where we know what winning feels like. And we know that winning's possible. And like even the first half of the Georgia game. Oh, about to say, dude. 10 to 7, dude. 10 to 7, 13 7, dude. That's QB a free start or a plan too. That's a that's a wild game. That's yeah, a wild game. We played Georgia better, the national cha- two-time defending national champion, better than LSU did in the SEC championship. And that's just a fact. And you can think, oh, well, Georgia was overlooking you guys. Or we just played sound defense and sound offense for 30 minutes and their their talent level, their physicality just outperformed us in the last 30. And that's the reality is just when you have that good of a team, and there's no doubt that they were that good of a team, you know, it's it's hard to sustain that good of play. But we know what it tastes like. We know what it smells like. And we know what it feels like to finally win some of those big games. And I really think that the boys are are at that level to to change some of those, I don't know, losses into definite wins. So, my opinion. No, love it, man. Appreciate that. Well, that's the that's the insight we we're looking for. Uh, sure. With that, Cade, number one, thank you for being an awesome guest. Thank you for giving us some hot takes, especially about chicken parm uh, and Hooters. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate you talking, and uh, uh, hope you had fun, man. Absolutely. I loved it. It was a great experience. Got to get, drink some good beer with some good folks and talk about some good talk football. About, baby. Good well, that's it. Thanks for tuning on to Drinking the Jackets. We'll see you next time.